So whoever you are, whatever feelings and thoughts and questions you bring tonight, it is my hope and prayer that at the very least, you meet Jesus. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, watching over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Would you please pray with me? May the words in my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. I waited until the last minute to buy our communion bread tonight. And that was a mistake. It was a big mistake. I thought, surely, in Woodbridge, Virginia, on Christmas Eve, that no one would be at the grocery store. <laughs> and so I got in my car this afternoon, and I drove to the giant that's just down the road from me, and there was not a single available parking space in the entire parking lot. I had to go park at Long John Silver's and walk all the way to the grocery store. And then when I got inside, would you believe it? There was not a single loaf of bread. How many pastors can there be in Woodbridge that they all go on Christmas Eve and buy all the bread? So I marched myself out, I got back in my car, and I drove to the Safeway up the hill. Thankfully, they had a few parking spaces. I made my way in, I marched all the way to the back of the store, I got the bread, piled it in my arms, there were no shopping carts left, and then I went to the 15 items or less line and waited behind 15 people. And I waited and I slowly stepped forward with every passing person. Now again, I was wearing my clergy collar, black shirt, my white collar, and I am wearing Christmas pants, okay? These are as bright as you can imagine. And so I got them in about 2006. And I wore them every Christmas since. Anyway, I'm standing there in line. I'm wearing a black shirt, a white clergy collar, and fluorescently glowing pants. And I'm waiting in line. And I'm used to people staring at me when I wear my collar. It happens. It's weird. I see a clergy person. Ooh. What are they thinking? So I'm standing there in line. And it was beautiful because no one was talking to me. It was so nice, friends, to just be ignored for a little while. It's probably because everybody else was stressed about all the stuff they were buying. So I was waiting in line, enjoying this profoundly beautiful moment when I felt a tap on my shoulder. So I turned around, and there was an older woman standing there, holding her items in her hands, and she was looking down at her feet. And she very quietly said, This is my first Christmas without my husband. He died a few months ago. I said, are you okay? And she said, no. I'm not. But nobody else has asked. And I just wanted to tell somebody. I said, well, would you like to pray with me? She said, yes. So I dropped the bread to the ground. I grabbed her by the hands. And we prayed together, with 15 people behind us and 15 people in front of us. And I wasn't screaming it, but I wasn't whispering it. I 
prayed and I prayed, and when I said amen at the end, the six closest people said amen too. Because they had been closing their eyes and had been putting their hands forward. I am guilty uh, sometimes of missing things, particularly this time of year. It can be so busy, there's just so much going on that these things happen and I, I miss them. Sometimes it's the words of a song or uh, it's the way someone is acting when they're in church on Sunday or even somebody in a supermarket. I miss things this time of year because I'm not paying attention. And one of the things I missed, and I don't know how I missed this, was a particular line in a song we're going to sing later in the service. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and the fears. Sometimes I miss something like that. I'm so worried about all the right words in the sermon or all the right words in the bulletin or all the right words in a prayer that I can sing words in church and not even know what I'm singing. I know none of you have ever experienced that before. This is a uniquely pastoral persuasion <laughs> to miss a word in a hymn, particularly like Old Little Town of Bethlehem. I mean, how many times have you heard that on the radio since Halloween this year? The hopes and the fears. On Christmas Eve, when we're singing praises to baby Jesus and lighting the candles and enjoying one another's presence, we also encounter this really strange truth that our fears are met in the one in the manger. Mary and Joseph, alone in this cave, gave birth to a baby boy and they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and they laid him in a feeding trough because there was nowhere else for them to go. But there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel stood before them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah and the Lord. Another thing that I miss, maybe you miss too, is when we read this story, I mean, those are big words. This baby is the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. How can a tiny little baby, a weak and vulnerable thing, be the Savior, be the Messiah, be the Lord? The hopes and fears of all the years are met in Jesus Christ because something new has begun. A newness, a reorienting of all things where people like you and I, we are no longer in control of everything we wish to control. No, a tiny, vulnerable little baby is going to change the world. Only a God like ours could see fit to transform the very fabric of reality with something weak and tiny and vulnerable. In this moment, God says, gone are the days when militaristic might would rule. No longer will economic prosperity def define the terms of existence. God says there is a newness. There is a wholeness of life that comes through this new baby's life, born for you. All is being restored all is being balanced because of what I am doing in this child. What Michael read for us, the story, it begins with the emperor, Augustus. 
We hear about Governor Quirinius, but that's not where the story ends. It's like Luke is saying, oh, everyone thinks these are the ones who are in control, that they're the ones with the power. But really, it's this baby. It's this tiny little child born into the world to start a new order in which the first will be last and the last will be first. This tiny, vulnerable baby is the Savior and the Messiah and the Lord. Today, we assume we know where Jesus is, or at the very least, where Jesus should be. We elevate particular politicians because we think they're on Jesus' side. Or we dismiss entire groups of people because we think Jesus is on our side. And we relegate this incarnate little baby to our perfect manger scenes at home, only to wrap them up in a few days and put them away for 11 months. Christmas isn't just about the warm and fuzzy feelings of warm fires and delicious eggnog. We can rip open the presents tonight or tomorrow morning with reckless abandon all we want. If we take Christmas seriously, the announcement of God in the flesh, then maybe we should be afraid. Not because God will punish us, not because God is terrifying, but simply because if God gets God's way, maybe that means we might not get ours. The God of Scripture is one who finds life, who finds hope, and finds promise from the margins rather from, than from the elite and the powerful. God consistently uses the least likely people in the least likely of places to achieve the most extraordinary things. The incarnation of God in Jesus is a witness to the fact that we cannot remain as we are. And that can be really frightening. The fears of all the years are made evident by the many things we cling to in this life that do not provide us life. For some of us, we cling to the presents we will open tomorrow. For others, it's the paycheck that comes every two weeks. For others, it's a broken relationship or a fractured family. We put our trust and our hope and our faith in so many things, and we are so regularly disappointed. We vote for people, hoping for change, only to experience the same bumbling as before. Or we seek out new employment opportunities, and we still feel exhausted at the end of the day. We might even try out a new church hoping that they'll fix all the problems we're experiencing. We might like to imagine that Christmas really is the most wonderful time of the year, but instead, it can be the most frightening, particularly if it's the first we've had without someone we love. And yet, and yet, weird as is befitting the faith, the angel declares, do not be afraid. I bring you news of great joy to you, to you, to you this day is born a Savior, a Messiah, the Lord. You need not be responsible for saving yourself or transforming yourself, and you are not alone. God is with you. God is already working on you and in you and through you with Jesus Christ. This child, this weak little baby in the feeding trough is changing you and is changing the world. Because God saw and God sees all of the disparities around us and makes a way where there was and is no way. God knows better than we do about what's best for us. And the Lord, the one who can terrify us even at Christmas, arrives as Jesus Christ, nevertheless, perfectly vulnerable, perfectly weak, 
and perfectly ready to do whatever it takes. It's one of the hardest things to remember about Christmas, strange as it may seem, is that this very baby, born in the feeding trough, the one with the teeny tiny little toes, the one resting and sleeping in his mother's arms, is the same man who walked in Galilee. The same man who was transfigured magnificently. The same man who fed people abundantly. The same man who walked on water miraculously. The same man who suffered on the cross tragically. And the same man who rose from the grave majestically. The story of Christmas, the story of Easter, is that the womb and the tomb cannot and could not contain the grace of God. Even in the darkest moments of our life. There is an everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in Jesus tonight. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.